to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Brenna. And it's a binge-worthy episode! Yeah, we figured we (laughs) would wrap up the year with a double dose of mini-episodes. So if you haven't noticed, there's another episode in your podcast feed right now where we're recapping some of our favorite episodes from the year, some of the big news stories. And then we thought, you know what? If you're stuck with family members that you maybe need to get away from... Or you've got some spare time because you've got holidays. Mm -hmm. Or if the holidays are secretly the worst time of year for you for a variety of different reasons, because not everybody loves this time of year. Very true. Thought maybe you would want to dig into some things that could occupy your time and headspace. So we thought, let's binge for the holidays. Yes, we're going to share some of the things we're watching over the holidays, or in my case, hoping we might get to see one episode of over the holidays. Oh, I'm so excited for your (laughs) ambitious plans, Brenna. Yeah, I'm going to binge four series over the break. Hilarious. But... (laughs) And read several books and prep for new episodes in the new year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I do have hope that I'll get to check out at least some of these. I'm going to talk about some old favorites. I'm going to talk about some things I've mentioned before on the show. I'm going to talk about some totally new things. So, yeah, I'm excited for this episode, Joe. Me My too. section is very strongly brought to you by the fact that I just subscribed to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And yet we are not receiving any funds from them as paid advertising, so... No, we are not. Consider this your first free taste, Disney Plus. <laughs> After this, we shall be expecting you to compensate us. For reals. Yeah, it's funny. We uh, have a, I have a toddler, obviously, and uh, totally subscribed to Disney Plus because Devin and I were going to watch The Mandalorian. And then it was like weeks went by and like we weren't watching The Mandalorian, but we had watched Cars and Cars 2 and Puppy Pals and more Puppy Pals. And eventually one day I will watch some of the grown-up offerings on Disney+. Plus. Right. Well, I mean, this is... <laughs> This is how they're going to make their money on their business model is they've coveted every single product that they have ever made for children Mm -hmm. and said, if you want access to this, you now need to come and give us your, what is it, $8 a month in Canada? It is $8 a month in Canada. And you know, it's funny because like we have a Saturday movie night where my son picks out a movie at the library when we go and get take his books back and he picks out a movie and we watch it on Saturday nights. And um, the last few weeks he's picked out things that were like, like last week he picked out Detective Pikachu and we were we were both mm. like, this isn't going to go well. But no. that plot, by the way, is incoherent. I didn't know what was happening. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I've had it fully <laughs> explained to me by people who know Pokemon and they're like, oh, yeah, you need to know the second film and you need all this. And I'm just oh, like, yeah. mm, no. No. I had no idea what was going on. And then randomly, Baby Groot got very scared during this one scene that took place like in an office that was not at all scary. So anyway, we abandoned it for Cars 2 on Disney+. Plus. So this is my life now. As you do, yeah. (laughs) Did you at least get to see the funny thing with the Pokemon who is a mime and he does like an entire charades thing? No, I didn't get that far. Okay. I think you can see a snippet of it in the trailer, so. Now that I will Google. It's amusing. All right, cool. 
Uh, but this is not an advertisement for Disney Plus, I mean, nor is, is it an advertisement <laughs> for Detective Pikachu. So, <laughs> Brenna, tell yes. me of these ambitious binge plans that you have for your holiday season. Okay, do you want me to tell you all of them at once? No, I do not. I want oh. you to give them to me one at a time so I can interject and gently mock you. Oh, okay. That's fair. All right. So, in your fave is problematic news, slash, we just watched It's Kind of a Funny Story, and I remembered how much I enjoy Kira Gilchrist. Mm-hmm. Atypical Season 3 just dropped on Netflix. Okay. And so we have talked about this show before. Yes. So for those who don't remember, Atypical is about a boy, well, man now, I think he's going to college uh, in the most recent season. He's got autism and it's about his family and uh, his mother's sort of overinvestment in his well-being. It's about his sister and what it's been like to kind of grow up in many ways in the shadow of her brother. Um, So it's a family drama with the centerpiece of this main character who has autism played by Keir Gilchrist. Keir Gilchrist, of course, does not have autism, and a lot of criticism of this first season was around the lack of inclusion of hashtag actually autistic voices in the creation, development, and um, casting of the show. Yes, and then they tried to address that in the second season by surrounding him with actual individuals who have autism, correct? Yes, correct. So in the second season, he starts attending a support group for uh, young adults who are working on or who are already living independently who have autism. And many of those actors are really quite fantastic. But the second season, I think we talked about on the show, was quite messy as a result. Right, you said it was less fun. Yeah, I think part of the problem was they just... They lost the focus on the central characters as a result, but but by the same token, they didn't give enough focus to these new additional characters, so you end up with just like kind of a bit of a mess. But I do really enjoy all of the actors who play the central family. And so I, and I'm very invested in the marriage of his parents. Um, so I really, I'm going to watch season three and see what happens. I'm, I'm hopeful that they will have worked out some of the kinks, but still maintained and maybe beefed up the roles of some of those supporting actors. Right. But we'll see. So that's number one on my list is to catch up with season three of Atypical. It's on Netflix. And it's funny. My husband was like, wow, you have all this Riverdale you haven't seen. Like, I haven't watched Riverdale since we did our episode. And uh, um, and I was like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm going to watch Atypical over the break. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I follow a bunch of people on Twitter who are still big fans of the show. And I say fans loosely. But everything that they talk about with regard to the new episodes is that it's still a hot mess. That makes no sense. Yeah, I'm really, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Like, it doesn't surprise me. Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> yep. So I am also aiming to binge a little bit. So now that we're at the end of the year, I've been keeping an eye on end of year best of kind of lists. And one of the shows that has shown up that I'd heard a bunch of things about, but I had not really paid attention to because it just didn't, I didn't think it was really going to appeal all that much to me, is a show called Pen15 on Hulu. Okay. And like this, Pen 15 it, as in Pen 15 Club? Yes. Oh my god, okay. Yeah, so I didn't really understand the context of this. I had to look it up. So uh, impressionable listeners, maybe cover your ear for a moment. But Pen 15 is a jokey kind of club that unfortunate high school students or students in general could be encouraged to join and it was basically a mean prank where to join the club you had to let someone write 
this word, pen15, on you. And of course, if you look at it even a little bit closely, it looks very close to the word penis, and Mm -hmm. ha ha ha, it's all a big funny joke. So pen15 is described as middle school as it really happened, and it stars two different comedians, Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle, as Maya and Anna. So they are adult women who play themselves as 13-year-old outcasts in the year 2000, and they're surrounded by actual 13-year-olds, where the best day of your life can turn into your worst with the stroke of a gel pen. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Love a gel pen reference. Right. <laughs> Back to the year 2000. But it got almost universal acclaim when it came out. And I think one of the reasons I wasn't initially attracted to it is I thought it was a bit of a sketch show. But it turns out it's actually based on their experiences growing up. And it's, you know, novel because typically you don't see adults playing children and then also have children. Like that's a bit unusual. Mm-hmm. But also, it's uh, it's just apparently very, very well done. And they got a, a few famous people to come in and help them out. Overall, this has been showing up on quite a few best of lists, so I figured I would give it a chance. So once again, that is Pen15 on Hulu. Nice. Okay, cool. I had not heard anything about that, and now I want to check it out. So you did a good job selling it, Joe. Well, <laughs> I think you're being kind, but well, it I was mostly it. the gel pen reference. Let's be clear. Um, my enough. second choice is a Disney Plus series, and you're gonna laugh at me, and I don't mm-hmm. care because the okay. show is called High School Musical: The Musical: The Series. Ooh, that is a mouthful. <laughs> but yes, I have heard of this. So, um, High School Musical was a movie franchise in the early 2000s. It gave us Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. And it was then turned into a Broadway musical called High School Musical, The Musical, (laughs) which ran on Broadway and was very successful, as all those things are. And this is a Disney Plus ABC freeform project that is a mockumentary style show, which I know everybody is sick of except me. So it's a single camera mockumentary style show. Let me read you the premise. At a fictionalized version of East High School in Salt Lake City, Utah, where the high school musical movies were filmed, a former background cast member, Miss Jen, begins work as the new drama teacher. The teacher decides to stage a performance of High School Musical the Musical for her first winter theater production to celebrate the school's affiliation with the original film. And so this is like a mockumentary of them putting on a version of the musical at the school where the original movie was set. Wow. It's like so So that's very meta. meta. I love you know I love meta. I love the potential where it's like this former background actor who is now like in charge of a group of teenage actors. I think that has great comic potential. Right. I still really love all the songs from that movie, so I'm excited to hear them all again. Mm -hmm. I guess there's been four episodes out, but by the end of the Christmas season by the end of december all of the episodes will be out because it's just a mini like it's just a single season mini 10 episode thing oh i lied huh so the first season is 10 episodes they've already (laughs) signed on for a second season oh that's probably a bad idea but (laughs) no jump on board well to me it sounds like a really good self-contained storyline and i'm not sure it needs to be more than that but anyway i'm excited for it i'm excited for the songs the guy who created it um was the writer of ferdinand which was a disney movie that i did not see but was apparently very successful he also writes the better nate than ever uh middle grade novels okay 
I've actually also heard good things about this series. Like when it came out, it got fairly good reviews as something that is aware of what it is trying to be and doing it well. This is the thing. It's such a silly premise and it's clearly so aware of itself as a very silly premise that I think the comic potential is really high. So I'm actually genuinely looking forward to this. Also, 10 episodes is just a nice number of episodes because as someone who is still working her way through friggin' Gossip Girl... (laughs) and we'll be watching it i feel like until i die don't adopt that tone (laughs) we know you love it why is every season 24 episodes that was a bad idea Uh, that is too many things yeah there's a line in the sand between back when shows used to be 20 22 24 episodes Mm -hmm. and now you know when you hear of a tv show being more than 13 episodes it seems like a shocking thing yes yes anyway high school musical the musical the series i'm into it Right. Now, Mm -hmm. I feel like I should let you do a second one because they're kind of in partnership. (laughs) Yeah, they really are. This one is not strictly YA, but it is a strong enough YA angle that I think it works. Okay. And that is another Disney Plus original, Encore! Exclamation mark! Which is... Okay, and what is this? It's a reality show series created by your friend Kristen Bell. Mm -hmm. And she also hosts it. And the premise of the show is that cast members of high school musicals reunite at least 10 years after they were originally in high school and performed that musical. And they get together to do it again. And it's had four episodes released so far. It's releasing weekly. So the first episodes are about Annie, Beauty and the Beast, The Sound of Music, and Grease. By the end of the holiday season, we'll have seen them do Annie, Get Your Gun, Oklahoma, Godspell, Fiddler on the Roof, and Pippin. I could literally not be more excited. I love musical theater. I love Kristen Bell. I love a little bit of nostalgia. So mm-hmm. all wrapped into one. Plus, bringing people back to relive their high school drama. It's never something I would agree to personally. That sounds like hell. No. But yeah. I can imagine that watching it is going to be extremely satisfying. Yeah, I hope that they lean into this idea that people have fun with it and they get to kind of go back and revisit who they were in high school as opposed to, so your life as an adult is a complete failure. Why don't you return (laughs) to your glory years as a star of a high school musical? Yeah, I hope it's not that. I hope it's fun. Oh, I I should say that it would be. I should say that they did air the pilot, I guess, two years ago or something, and they're going to re-air it over Christmas on regular TV, I guess, to get people excited about Disney+. Plus. But the pilot was for Into the Woods. So it's weird that it was, like, shelved for two years and then brought back for streaming. But whatever. I'm into it. I'm excited. I think what we're faced with here is the reality that there are certain shows that will probably not perform well on network television or something where people don't already have an an investment in it. One of the benefits of streaming services is that you're already paying money for it. So if something like this shows up, if you were a casual disinterested viewer, you might not be willing to give it the time of day. But you know, you're saying, oh, well, I've already signed up for the month. So I might as well just watch this encore show. Yeah, and it's definitely the kind of thing that appeals to, like, theater geeks, musical theater people. Like, there's a particular niche audience, but that's a niche audience when they get into something, they get into something really hard. So I think it has the potential to be really successful in streaming. Mm -hmm. I have to say I'm most excited for the Grease episode because it reunites a cast that first performed Grease in 1990. How great is that going to be? Very excited. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to hear anything about the Annie episode. I... (laughs) I could go like homicidal. It's a hard knock. No, no, Brenna, seriously. 
No, I will discontinue the podcast. <laughs> Annie is one of the things I hate most in all of entertainment. If people want to make me mad, Annie is the way to go. And I'm not even, like, I'm not kidding. I'm I know you're not. That's why it's so funny. <laughs> people know better than to bring it up around me. Oh, God, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to take us... Uh, I'm going to take us to a hard turn into more adult YA. Okay. So I've been hearing amazing things about Euphoria on HBO. It's set in high school. It's very, very adult. So basically, I almost feel uncomfortable recommending it to teenagers because it's almost YA for adults. Oh, wow. Okay. It's been criticized for being very alarmist, very dangerous in the way that Gossip Girl and these other shows that were playing with very adult themes around high school students can sometimes be criticized of. Right. So this show stars Zendaya as a teenage drug addict who's trying to get clean. And I do love me some Zendaya. Oh, and apparently she's amazing in it. But it's about her and her friend group just trying to make it through high school but they they all have absolutely ridiculous teenage lives so it has a lot to do with sexting drug use uh promiscuity all of these kinds of things so things that are really rife for discussion right but it's very stylish it's created by a guy named sam levinson and he directed arguably one of the most controversial polarizing horror films of 2018 called assassination nation hmm he very much has his finger on the pulse of things, so he's not afraid to tackle controversy and difficult uh, subjects, but he's also very progressive, like, this is a show with Zendaya as your lead, it actually casts a trans actress to play a trans girl in high school. Oh, wow. It does have a couple of other familiar faces, so we've got Storm Reed, who I assume we will one day get to when we tackle A Wrinkle in Time, which mm-hmm. listeners have been requesting. Uh it's got Jacob Elordi, who was the male lead, the Australian in disguise, in uh, The Kissing Booth. Oh. It's got Maud Apatow, who is oh. Judd Apatow's daughter. I always enjoy her. Yeah. And uh, Eric Dane is, I think, one of the very few parents who actually appears on the show. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I've heard it's very difficult, like it got a lot of press because it was not shy around showing full frontal nudity of men. There was one episode that claimed to have the most penises on display of any television show in recent history. I mean, that wouldn't be hard. Oh, I just see what I did there. Mm, (laughs) No, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I mean, one would be more than most networks allow, so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's for the faint of heart and definitely not for early adolescence. But if you are an adult or you're a high school student, this could be up your alley. So that's Euphoria on HBO. Cool. I have my last binging plan and it's extremely nerdy. And it's the opposite of what you just said in basically every way. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, no, it's literally the opposite of Euphoria. You're just keeping things light, right? (laughs) And that is, I just found out, I just found out this morning that Boy Meets World is available for streaming on Disney Plus. The entire thing. So How many many seasons is that? Oh, I don't know, 500? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it started, I'm going to actually search that. But it's got to be at least seven because it goes right through to university. Right. 
so it's yeah it's got to be pretty substantial oh my gosh yeah seven it aired from september 24th 1993 to may 5th 2000 wow okay i always really strongly related to the characters on boy meets world topanga yeah i know i'm totally a topanga 100 (laughs) percent. you know sometimes you come across shows and they just you seem to mark milestones together with the characters on the show so they go off to university at the end of 99. I graduated at the end of 2001. So my high school journey and theirs are pretty parallel. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, Topanga and Corey get married at the end of the series. I didn't get married straight out of high school, but I did marry my high school sweetheart. So there's like this this idea of kind of this show that just fit with a lot of the way my teenage life went. Also, the mm-hmm. kind of level of hijinks that they get into on Boy Meets World, much more my speed to my actual life than, say, the hijinks of a Riverdale, for example. <laughs> yes, right? from a kindler, gentler time, right? Yeah, feels like it, man. Um, so yeah, the show starts in middle school, it goes on to high school, and I think the last season or season and a half take place in college. And one of the funny recurring gags is that their principal from middle school becomes their principal in high school, and somehow he becomes one of their professors in college, and everybody's just okay with it. It's oh, from dear. that era of sitcom yeah. when... Yeah, that stuff was just everyday commonplace. Yeah, and it was sort of, there was a self-consciousness about those gags. Like I'm thinking of like Wilson on um, Home Improvement, for example. Like those right. those recurrent self-conscious but very wholesome gags. Uh, anyway, I'm just looking forward to it on a basic pure nostalgia level. I also sure. did genuinely enjoy Girl Meets World, the spinoff that stars Corey and Topanga's daughter uh, right. when she's entering middle school. I really enjoyed that series. And I particularly think that Rowan Blanchard is going to be a really significant actress. And that show's been canceled, right? It has been canceled, yeah. yeah. Her Instagram feed is a joy forever, I have to say. She's really assertive about her feminism oh, good. on her Instagram space. And so she'll do things like she'll post a photo uh, where she has armpit hair and she doesn't comment on that. She writes about something else and then like all of the comments are like about armpit that. <laughs> and she just takes people out. And it's great. She's just a pure delight. All right, then. Nice when you see a child star who's got a whole lot of chutzpah. Um, Mm. So yeah, Boy Meets World, definitely going to revisit that over the holidays, at least a few episodes. I'm not seriously going to watch seven seasons of Boy Meets World in the next month, but I'm going to check it out for sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm always here for a dip back into classic television, especially if it gives you the feel goods, right? Sometimes that's just what you need. Something that you can put your brain in park and say, yes, I remember why I like this. Totally. Exactly. Pleasant. Pleasant is the word I would use to describe my relationship to Boy Meets World. Great. Yep. Okay. So we're not just watching binge-worthy things. We're also going to try to binge a little bit of reading. Yeah. So we each have a couple of books that we're going to highlight. So I'm going to start with one that I've had on my holds list ever since it was recommended to me by Max. I've been waiting for the right time when I will actually be able to just dedicate myself to it. And that is hashtag murder trending. Yes. I can't wait to hear your take on this book. Not that I've read it. It just, it sounds so up your alley that I really need to know more. Yeah. So in case people have forgotten, this is about teenagers who wake up on a suburbanized prison island called Alcatraz 2.0. And people can watch they can watch this as a live stream where the children are basically treated as criminals and they are put on death row 
And it's about, you know, this main character, Dee Guerrera, who has been put there, but there's been some kind of mistake. She has to form a posse called the Death Row Breakfast Club to help prove that she's innocent or she's going to end up getting murdered on this island. I, I can't believe how much it sounds like a book for you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 So it's checking all of my boxes, and I'm very excited to check it out. I hope it lives up to my hype. I'm trying to go in with reasonable expectations, but yeah, it definitely sounds like a book for me. It does. Okay, my first pick is one that was actually part of my New Year's look forward last year, embarrassingly enough, and it was published in March, and I never got to it. And the reason I never got to it, I'm certain, is that my library never got it in. And as a result, like I really rely on my hold list. Like I put things on my hold list, I rely on it. But it's by an author I deeply love. And so I have decided that for my flight back to Ontario at Christmas, I am going to purchase this copy of this to read because my toddler is finally the age where he can just watch a movie for the flight and I can nice. read a book. I'm very excited about it. Uh, and the book is Dig by A.S. King. Right. So just to remind you of it, one of the things I'm so excited about is that it deals explicitly with class. So I'm going to read you the synopsis again because I think everybody should check it out. It looks really good. Okay. The Shoveler, The Freak, Can I Help You, Loretta, The Flea Circus, Ringmistress, and First Class Malcolm. These are the five teenagers lost in the Hemmings family maze of tangled secrets. Only one generation removed from being simple Pennsylvania potato farmers, Godfrey and Marla Hemmings managed to trade digging spuds for developing subdivisions and now sit atop a seven-figure bank account, wealth they've declined to pass on to their adult children or their teenaged grandchildren. Because we want them to thrive, Marla always said. But what does thriving look like? Like carrying a snow shovel everywhere? Like selling pot at the Arby's drive through window? Like a first-class ticket to Jamaica between cancer treatments? Like a flea circus in a double-wide? Like the GPS coordinates to a mound of dirt in a New Jersey forest? As the rot just beneath the surface of the Hemmings' precious white suburban respectability begins to spread, the far-flung grandchildren gradually find their ways back to each other, just in time to uncover the terrible cost of maintaining the family name. It sounds sprawling and epic. I know, right? It sounds amazing. And A.S. King, she's one of those authors who every single book she writes is like note perfect for me. I'm particularly in awe of the way she writes really realistic seeming parents within YA literature Mm. without making the books about the parents. Right. So anyway, I'm super excited for this one, and I'm super excited to have remembered how excited I am about it, and I can't wait. And apparently the book opens with a note from the author that says, this book is supposed to be uncomfortable. I'd apologize, but I'm not sorry. Wow. Okay. Very excited. I like it. (laughs) I know, right? So (laughs) that's my number one that I'm going to get through on the Christmas break, I swear. Okay. I like it. (laughs) So my other book that I really want to get through is one that I teased in our June forecast. And then we've actually also had a couple of people make it a recommendation when they have sent us some emails. So that is Full Disclosure by Cameron Garrett. Remind me. I will. So (laughs) this is about high school student Simone, and she's just starting over at a new school, and this time things are going to be different. She's making real friends, she's making a name for herself as the student director of Rent, and she's making a play for Miles, the guy that, you know, makes her feel things. And the big central focus of this is that she is trying to live a regular life while she is also HIV positive. Right. Of course. 
This book does not make that easy because she receives a message, an anonymous note in her locker that says, I know you have HIV. You have until Thanksgiving to stop hanging out with Miles or everyone else will know too. So I had heard a lot of really good things about this. It's a person of color author as well as obvious protagonist. But I have not seen a young adult novel that has tackled AIDS before. And this sounds like something that is not just tackling it, but it's also addressing the fact that characters can live with something that doesn't define them. So the book is obviously about uh, Simone trying to keep her secret. Like, it's giving me... Simon versus the Homo sapien agenda vibes. Right. And of course, since it came out in October, it's been getting really good reviews. And I've been following Cameron Garrett on social media. She's lovely. She's very popular. And I hate her for that. So (laughs) yeah, so it's time. I need to check out this book. So it's Full Disclosure by Cameron Garrett. Right on. Oh, I'm excited to hear what you think about that. We teased a book Uh, way back when we did our Everything Everything episode, Everything Mm -hmm. Everything by Nicola Yoon, and we teased a book by her husband. Actually, I think it was the week after we actually got around to teasing the book. We teased his art, because it's his art that we see in Everything Everything. That's right, yeah. And uh, so the book is Frankly in Love, and we talked about this in relation to our eternal quest for books written by men about young men, where we actually like the young men. (laughs) yep it's an ongoing search every once in a while we get close (laughs) i'm hoping this is the one so um just to remind you of the synopsis uh, high school senior Frank Lee is a limbo, his term for Korean-American kids who find themselves caught between their parents' traditional expectations and their own Southern California upbringing. His parents have one rule when it comes to romance, date Korean, which proves complicated when Frank falls in love with Brit Means, who is smart, beautiful, and white. Fellow limbo Joy Song is in a similar predicament, and so they make a pact. They'll pretend to date each other in order to gain their freedom. Frank thinks it's the perfect plan, but in the end, Frank and Joy's fake dating maneuver leaves him wondering if he ever really understood love or himself at all. I feel like we can see where it's going. I feel like I don't care because I feel like it sounds delightful. <laughs> and, and the sequel has been greenlit. Uh, the sequel will be coming out in 2020. So good reason to uh, brush up on Frankly in Love by David Yoon. It's also already been optioned, Joe, so. Okay, yeah. I feel like that's one of the reasons that we had also talked about it. I think we also got uh, listener emails about this one recommending that we check it out. I think we did too. Yep, so I'm excited to check it out. Um, Again, our quest for a boy protagonist who doesn't make us want to scream. It's a thing. Yeah, I mean, which is not to say we haven't found any. It's just that more often than not, the batting average for boy YA is not quite as good. It's true. Yeah. Uh, So I'm out of books, but you have a couple other ones. Do you want to give us some quick rapid fires? Yes. These are just books that I have started and I have talked about my starting of them, but I have not yet finished. And my goal over the Christmas break is to finish these three books. Okay. So one is Birthday by Meredith Russo. Yes. We've talked about it a lot. I'm really enjoying it. And it's just that the other reading for the podcast keeps getting in the way. So I'm Mm -hmm. going to finish that. Slayer book one especially now that we know book two is coming out I still haven't finished it and it's ridiculous because I really enjoy it and also because it was lent to me by our babysitter from when we lived in our last city and at some point I'm going to have to mail her like her tax paperwork so I would like to send back the darn book when I do that (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yes. get on that. I know. And the last one, uh, we've talked about it a bunch on the show, and I have not yet finished it. It's Internment by Samira Ahmed. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, the new near future dystopian imagining of, of what's going to become of American foreign policy, or no, sorry, American domestic policy around Muslim Americans. So those Oof. three, I will finish them over the break. Right. Okay. Yes. And listeners, you can inquire of Brenna and how she's doing yes. when we return in January. <laughs> or if you follow my hashtag 95 books thread on Twitter and you see me posting books that aren't those three books, feel free to call me out. Yeah. Yell at her. Yell Please at her. Please do. Drag yes. her. <laughs> okay. So that's what we're planning to binge. But before we sign off and turn it over to you to tell us what you're going to be binging and or reading, if those are not the same thing for you, <laughs> I did want to give people a heads up about some things that are starting over the break or early in the new year that will have already begun by the time we come back. Oh, cool. One of them is family-friendly, ongoing, somewhat serialized drama. A little show from Britain, Brenna, you might have heard of it, called Doctor Who. Sorry, I'm not familiar. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> So this is going to be the second year of our female Doctor Who. Doctor Who often comes back with a Christmas episode in advance of the new season. So in this case, they are going to be doing a New Year's episode that will drop on January 1st. And then the regular season will actually pick up just a couple days later on January 5th. The new Doctor Who has... It's been good. I've seen a couple of the episodes... The new Doctor is great. I don't love the fact that she has three companions because I find it often ends up taking a bit away from her. Mm. But but the actress and the guy who's running the show is responsible for like a ton of great British drama. So I'm excited for the return of Doctor Who. It's a great family option. Like it's scary enough to be scary, but still be appropriate for kids. Mm -hmm. So that's Doctor Who season, I believe, 12. Wow. Okay. And then the other one, Brenna, I'm going to get this on your radar, but I'll confess it's skewing a little bit more towards euphoria than Aww. Boy Meets World. Hmm. It's the TV adaptation of a book by Megan Abbott called Dare Me. Oh. And it's a book that takes place in the world of competitive cheerleading. It's sort of weird we haven't done any Megan Abbott yet. She's huge. She is huge. To be mm -hmm. honest, the reason that I haven't really paid attention is A, because uh, she doesn't have any adaptations of her work until mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is I wasn't actually sure if it was classified as YA, because so often it seems like an adult perspective of right. YA. Right. But yeah, so I've read Dare Me. I enjoyed it a lot. Megan Abbott is almost like a thriller author who mm -hmm. poses under the guise of YA. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of insidious, twisted tales, people doing nasty shenanigans, and you're not really sure who you can trust. Dare Me is a very good entry into her kind of writing. And this show has been... They've been teasing it forever, so I'm excited. It debuts on December 29th on USA Network. I don't know what that translates into in Canada. Yeah. Still, cool. Um, she's been involved in the show, too. Oh, that's good. I've noticed mm -hmm. that a lot of those USA Network shows sometimes get the simulcast to Netflix treatment for okay. Canada. So yeah. maybe. I imagine it'll show up somewhere. Like, it might be a random showcase or crave. Or, I was going to say it yeah, could be maybe. a crave, yeah. Yeah, so just keep an eye out for that. So it's Dare Me, and that'll debut on December 29th, and I assume it'll be a weekly television show. Right on. 
So that's the end of our binging. I don't know how much more we actually think we can get done. Oh my god, imagine if we actually get all this done. That'd be hilarious. Right? It's not going to happen. No, but it's not. I'm at least going to finish those three darn books. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. So if you want to make sure I'm reading what I say I'm going to be reading, uh, you can keep track of us via the hashtag HKHSPod on Twitter. If you use that hashtag, you'll get both of us. Mm-hmm. Joe, if they just want you, because they've got big dare me thoughts to share, uh, <laughs> how would they find you? You can reach me at BeStoleMyRemote, and that's the letter B. And I'm at Brenna C. Gray, that's Gray with an A, and if you check out my hashtag 95 books thread, you can see what I read this year and what I'm reading or not reading currently, and that's pinned to my Twitter profile. Hmm. So if you've got something longer, you want to share some more suggestions, you've got some mini-sode ideas, you can always email us at hkhspod at gmail.com. So we've got one more mini-sode for you before we get back to regular sodes, in addition to the two in your feed today, and that is a January forecast episode coming next week. So mm-hmm. look forward to that, and then we'll jump into our regular episodes with Hand of Green Gables the week after. Is that you auditioning for Encore right there? Literally, my life is an Encore. <laughs> uh, so until next time, I will see you on the page. Yes, and I will see you on the screen. <laughs>